what if we get our power back? What if we get back on the road, we remember who we are, where we're going and why, we fuel ourselves and serve from a cup overflowing, and we clear our windshield, we heal the past, we clear shit up, and really start to see anew. Hey, midlifers, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostess. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the show, everyone, and welcome to a great episode. No matter if divorce applies to you or not, today's episode is much more than the topic of divorce. When I was reviewing the interview and writing down the nuggets of midlife wisdom, one of the little nuggets that really stuck out to me was take responsibility of how you got where you are and consciously create your next chapter. I love that. Again, divorce or not, this applies to all of us. First, you have to take a good, honest look at yourself and take responsibility of where you are in your life. There is absolutely nothing you can change about how you ended up where you are in this moment in time. It is what it is. You are where you are. Before you can even begin to plan your next chapter, though, you have to look at where you are first. Once you do that, you can make a game plan of how to get from point A to point B. Think about when you look at a map in one of those huge shopping malls. What is the first thing you look for on the map? You look for the large red dot with the words, you are here. You figure out where you are on that big map, right? What do you look for next? You look for where you want to go. If you're like me, you look for the Nordstrom's on the map so you can buy some overpriced shoes that you don't need. (laughs) Anyways, what is the very last thing that you do? You figure out your route to get you from that big red dot on the map to your next destination. So metaphorically speaking, you first figure out where you are on the big map of your life. Second, you figure out where you'd like to go. Third, you figure out how to get there. Easier said than done, right? Well, it actually can be. If you believe it, you shall receive it. Most importantly, if you go about creating your next chapter consciously, then you can make it happen. That is the key word, consciously. In other words, planning your life mindfully, deliberately, and intentionally. 
as opposed to unconsciously, unintentionally, and without meaning or purpose. If you think about it, we probably plan our routes in the shopping mall more consciously than we plan our lives. Am I right or am I right? I certainly used to. It's time for all of us to wake up and start designing our lives with intention and meaning. No more wandering around aimlessly in the crowded shopping mall of life without direction and purpose. Find out where you are and where you want to go. Today's guest, Rad Lakani, will help you do that and then some. Our guest is so much more than a divorce attorney. She is an angel with a heart of gold. Not to mention her voice is so soothing, you guys. It's like music to your ears. So in between Rad's lovely music, you'll hear my loud laughter. (laughs) Yep, just like that. (laughs) A couple of quick reminders before we bring our angelic guest onto the stage. Make sure you check out themidlifenews.com at, well, themidlifenews.com. Sign up for the Midlife News to receive insider alerts on new episodes, live shows, free workshops, and special offers. As a bonus, you'll receive your free Midlife Makeover Toolkit and a $50 coupon to the Midlife Makeover Method online course. And the second thing is the midlifemakeoverclub.com. It's our private Facebook community for all things related to midlife, relationships, health, mindset, and more. You'll receive episode updates, interview clips of the show, and basically anything to help you guys live, love, and laugh through your awesome midlife. And now for our guest, Rad Lakani. She is a family law lawyer, mediator, and conflict resolution teacher who realized after almost 20 years in her field and helping hundreds of families getting divorced, that there was a much more powerful way to resolve conflict and find happiness. In 2010, she formally started group coaching lawyers, separated parents, and entrepreneurs on the art of inner transformation. The results her eight-week programs were getting caused her heart to leave law. Two years later, she followed her heart and left her lucrative legal career to teach these powerful tools full-time. Please welcome Rad. She is so rad. Radhika Lakani, aka Rad. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Tell everyone a little bit about what you do, and most importantly, why you do what you do. Ah, I love that question. The why is so important. So it's kind of a crazy story because I was a divorce lawyer for the last 15-ish years. And on that trajectory for 20 years, I was a mediator before I was a lawyer. Usually it happens the other way around. Um, And so I've been working with families and in the law for almost two decades. And really went into that work primarily because I love people. I had a business background. I thought I'll have, like I went to Western and I live in Toronto, Ontario. And I thought I'll be a commercial litigator or something really boring. And then, <laughs> sorry guys, who for the commercial <laughs> litigators out there, I feel your pain. But so I, I thought I would do business law. And then I ended up working at a small shop where they also did family law, my first year summer of being a law student. And I was like, whoa, I actually get to interact with people and help people and connect and have children running around in my office. And I love kids. 
and I'm chatty. I'm, I love people. So I thought, okay, no, this is a fit. And then I scored a role at a big Bay street firm downtown. One of the only big firms that was doing family law at that time mm-hmm. kind of further cemented it. And then a couple of years later, I struck out on my own in 2012, 10 and uh, had my own practice for a dozen years. So I did that for so long, obviously to help people to be of service. I've always had this mantra. I don't even know where it came from, but since I was like, I have a pen in my hand, I put that down. Um, (laughs) Since I was like five years old, I felt like I just know I'm here to serve. I want to serve. And so it was such a privilege and an honor to do family law because you are in someone's life at a really crazy fork in the road. Yeah. One of their worst days. And because I had experienced my own Armageddon's prior to that, being homeless at 16, losing my first child, I knew that they would rise out of the ashes. And so a lot of people used to say to me, like, how do you do this work? It must be so emotional. It must be so draining. And I thought, yeah, but I separate myself from the problem because I'm part of the solution. Mm. And I always say, it's like being a girlfriend. Like if your girlfriend goes through, a, you know, an Armageddon of her own and says, oh, my husband cheated on me or, or whatever is happening, you're not going to start crying with her. You're going to call her over. You're going to sit her down. You're going to open a bottle of wine, right? Yep. So it was the same thing. You go into solution mode. You become stronger for that person. You become their ears and eyes. And so you're like, you're like that catalyst for them to get them to that next, level in their life, which is cool. Right. Exactly. And I, I, I've always felt in my bones and from my own experience that these are the moments that transform us. If we allow it, I had a very deep spiritual path as well. And so I always thought we're here for a reason, like this is happening for a reason. And I would always be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel before they could. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how many consultations I, I ended with this is, it's not going to end like this, right? Like I can already see you happy, skipping, living your best life again. And their eyes would just light up because in that moment, people couldn't see that. Right. They're so far from that. So I did that for however long and I loved every moment. And I worked with the best women in the world in the best firm. Like we built our own all-female powerhouse chambers with a meditation room and a wellness room and yoga classes. And like, it was every female lawyers dream. We used to have lawyers come and do tours at our space. So there was no aspect of my job that caused me to leave, except that the coaching that I was doing while I was lawyering became more in demand with my clients. Mm -hmm. And I was most fueled by that. Mm -hmm. And in 2019, I started doing group coaching because I wanted to make it cost-effective and didn't even realize the power of like group coaching and how each, like each individual would shape the other, like in and yeah, of itself. Yeah. Yep. Like that mm-hmm. was just a holy shit bonus. But so I started doing group coaching for lawyers and then co-parents and then entrepreneurs and then a general group and it kind of evolved over time. And I just fell in love with it so deeply. And I, I would, I thought I'd be a famous mediator one day, but I more hoping to be now a famous meditator one day because I, <laughs> Meditation. I'm like, take one tea out and it's, uh, it's kind of, 
Isn't that funny that like sometimes when I'm typing and it does the autocorrect, it always wants yeah. to put mediator. I'm like, no, I'm trying to put meditation. <laughs> exactly. I had the opposite problem in the beginning and maybe the universe was guiding me to where I was supposed to go. Yeah. But so yeah, now I do some private coaching because I've, you know, time's limited. So I take a limited number of private clients. I do group coaching and I'm in the process of creating some evergreen programs so that people can just have it whenever they want it. Yes. Um, I teach, I speak, and I'm also in the process of writing two books. So that's what I'm doing now. Well, you're a little busy. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, you, you might've said this, but so did you get out of practice completely? That's right. So thanks. Yeah. So December, 2021, I officially started what we're calling the radical sabbatical. Oh, uh, Yeah. And I left my, I shut down the whole practice 60 days notice. I had to let go of my team, which was heartbreaking, but I just, my spirit was like, it's time to jump. Mm -hmm. And the jump means like a full jump and let everything go. Just rip off the bandaid. Let's go. Exactly. Well, and the thing is too, it's like you are, you're, you're walking your talk, which is, which is really amazing. It's not like you're just out there like, okay, do this, do that. And okay. Yeah. You're giving people hope, but you're actually like, yes, you can go after your dreams, whether no matter what transformation and transition it is, whether it's divorce or leaving a career. I mean, that's pretty bold too, especially after Mm -hmm. having, you know, gone through school. I can't even fathom. Yeah. 11 years of university. (laughs) There's a few years in there, but no, for sure. Thank you for saying that. And it's wild how many people have approached me since I left yeah. who are midlife and are like, how did you do it? I want to do it. Yeah. This is crazy. Do, do you miss it? And I actually, it, what's A, I haven't looked back for a split second. Mm-hmm. B, I thought I would miss the identity of being a lawyer. And some of my friends even kind of warned me that you might miss. I actually... My experience has been slightly different. I feel liberated. I feel like I never identified as a lawyer. It was something I did. And I'm technically still licensed to practice, but I felt like I took a straight jacket off is the mm-hmm. best way I can describe it. And I was like, oh my God, I'm still here. Like <laughs> I'm back. Like that's actually a moment that I had. Yeah. And I actually feel like, you know, when you have a dream and it's quite vivid, but as you wake up and the day passes, it becomes less and less real. Yeah. That's how I feel about the last 15 years of my life. Like, yeah, I was like, did I practice law? <laughs> like <okay. laughs> <I know. laughs> a whole other lifetime ago. Yeah. 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 That is so totally amazing. Cool. So what do you feel for people that you you've spoken to and have coached and that are going through divorce, what is, what do you think is their top struggle? I love that question so much because I was always this analytical human being who would look for patterns. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning of my career, the question I used to ask people was, were there red flags before you got married, especially if they separated early on and there almost always was. But what I know now for sure is that the biggest pattern that emerged was people lost themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's very normal and it's very understandable because a lot of people become parents, they become mothers and fathers. 
Mm-hmm. And at the very least, you know, they're partners to somebody else, even if you didn't have kids, right? You are now kind of tangoing with another human being. And it's and it often becomes, well, what does he want? What does she want? What do we need to do? And you lose yourself. You forget why you're here, who you are, mm-hmm. how to take care of yourself, the fact that you need to take care of yourself first. And I harp and harp about that, and I'll never stop. Mm-hmm. And 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 so and then where do you want to go and and why? Back to your question from the beginning, right? So yeah. I use the analogy of a car or a boat, mm-hmm. right? But if we're going to use the car for a second. What I found was that people had gotten off track, like they're not even on the road anymore, mm-hmm. either in the ditch or in the grass or the sidewalk. <laughs> You know what I mean? So you've lost your way to your path, your purpose, your mission, why you're here. I really do believe every soul has a reason for being here. That's my personal take. Number two, you have no fuel in your car. Mm -hmm. And you're wondering why it's going, (laughs) right? Got no fuel. Like in a car, how many times have we been in a car and we're like, oh shit, I got to stop. 57 yeah. kilometers left. And then you're like, shit, it's not even telling me how many kilometers are left, right? <laughs> it just has the little dashes, like, oh, like, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, like you're you're 10 seconds away from pushing your car, honey. But <laughs> we don't have that barometer with our lives. And yet that's exactly what we are. We are energetic beings that require fuel and replenish and renewal. And we don't do it. Yep. And somewhere we have learned, and it's mind-blowing because I talked to 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, all the way to 60-year-olds, women particularly, but I don't mean to, like men probably too, there's this culture of, I'm worthy if I put everyone else first. Right. I'm worthy if I abandon myself. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, right? Yeah. And I have to do things to be worthy. Yeah. And it's like, kids don't think that. Like, where did we lose our way? And Mm -hmm. so that's the second one, right? The fuel. Mm -hmm. So we're not on the road. We have barely any fuel or none. Mm -hmm. And then we, the third thing is our windshield is covered with shit. If I'm allowed to. (laughs) I don't play with her. (laughs) Although my kids say shit. So I think it's a fair game for everybody. (laughs) It's a great word. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Right. But literally like you've got mud crap on your windshield which is your perspective, which is your lens. And when we haven't cleared our lens from past trauma, past wounds, our childhood, old beliefs, old limiting thoughts, we can't see clearly. Mm -mm. So now you got two people who are not gassed, who Mm -hmm. can't see the windshield, who are not even where they think they are and don't know where they're heading, right? like off track. And they're going, you did this to me. You did this to me. You're the problem because the easiest person to complain about and blame is your partner. Oh, yeah, exactly. And what what would be mind boggling to me, you know, and sometimes I would try to get my client to like if we're heading into a four way meeting, into a settlement meeting, I would say like, you know, there must be some redeeming qualities about John or Lucy or whoever. And they're like, no, not one. Mm -hmm. Like, really? Like. Okay. And I'm trying to listen, like, this is my client. So I have to advocate and be there for them first. But I always played for the team because when the team wins, everyone wins. And they would say, no, 
not one thing. And I'm thinking, like, this is somebody that you married. Like, right. It's got to be something. Right. Yeah. That, right? that actually it's, says a lot about yourself. If you can't say anything good about them, then why did you marry them to begin with? <laughs> yeah, there's got to be something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And obviously, there was varying degrees to this. And there were some people who came to me that were a bit more aware of the good qualities, but still couldn't find their way. Right. So, what I started teaching people in conflict, and I actually did a talk at Harvard a couple of weeks ago on the exact same topic, is what if we get our power back? Mm-hmm. What if we get back on the road? We remember who we are, where we're going and why. Yeah. We fuel ourselves and serve from a cup overflowing. Mm-hmm. And we clear our windshield. We yeah. heal the past, we clear shit up and really start to see anew. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, what was happening was just mind-blowing. The program I was running, the first round conscious co-parenting was six weeks. And people were seeing compassion, feeling compassion for their ex all of a sudden. I had clients who used to have panic attacks when they had to say hi to their ex at the door to yes. pass the kids off and stuff, or they couldn't communicate at the door. They were like, Brad, I don't know. I, I can see him now. I can see her now. Like she's she's where I was. Right. And when I sat with that group, and this is a long qu- answer to your question, but was the biggest problem you know what was beautiful to see on the flip side as a solution was I actually sat down a group of my former students because I was gonna maybe market the program a little bit heavier and I was like well what wording would appeal to you and what right I was doing like a little think tank one night and they couldn't remember what they were like before they did such Mm. huge shifts wow and the best they could give me which made so much sense to me was they're like rat we had lost ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Like we got our power back mm-hmm. and power, not in an egotistical way, but in a authentic real way, which means taking responsibility for how you got where you did, whether you got there consciously or unconsciously, mm-hmm. and then consciously creating a new chapter. Yeah. That's what's so exciting. I, I I went through a divorce a few years ago and I've actually said before several times, I actually had a good divorce and I do believe there is such a thing. I mean, I've had people on, on Instagram actually argue with me. There's no such thing as a good divorce. I'm like, there actually is. And I divorced a good man. And it sounds crazy to say that like, well, why would you get divorced? Like, well, I, we have our own personal reasons as to why we needed to do that. But I think, and actually my ex and I both went into it with the mindset of, listen, like him and I both had been through a lot of trauma in life as children and teenagers, et cetera. And we're like, why put more trauma on each other? Then we don't need it. Like we need to be our best selves to be our best you know, to be good for our children, to be good for society, everything. So why do that to each other? Like, I feel like the, like the, um, the idea of going through divorce is this is going to like, if you go into it going, this is going to be awful. It's going to be a huge fight. It's going to be this, then that's exactly what it's going to be like, instead go into it. of like, you know what? I'm going to go into this. Like I'm going to become my best self 
through this whole process. And on the other side of it, I'm going to try to imagine what I'll be like, what I will be like and feel like and look like, you know? So right. it's, it's, uh, it's, I find it rather fascinating actually to see the transformation that can happen through divorce if you allow it. If you allow it. Absolutely. And yeah. What I just yesterday, I was talking to a former client who's now a private client. Uh, she was in a group and, uh, and she's contemplating divorce. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, I feel like sometimes we think there's option A or B, like there's, you know, books like, should I stay or should I leave? And those are great resources. And I actually know a lot of people who love that book. But I'm like, what about option C? And I thought I should create a program called option C, which is <laughs> yeah. what about transform. You know, Mm -hmm. and and it's cool whatever time you decide to do it. Yeah. But especially for those who don't know that they want to get divorced yet, but see no alternative. Mm -hmm. It's like, what if you just did the work, which clearly you had to have been doing, Wendy, to be able to even go into that process so eyes wide open and beautifully. So I commend you for that. Thank you. The, and so she was like, yeah, you know, like she goes, you know, it's crazy. I've had, I'm open to sharing with my friends and I've had multiple conversations with them about what I'm thinking. And not one person said to me, what have you just worked on yourself? Right. Right. And I was, I was blown away because I just assume that we're at this day and age where we know that personal development is a powerful, real calling that we all have inside of us. Yeah. Well, it makes me think of like back of what you were saying, it is putting ourselves first and not feeling selfish for doing so women, especially we're so used to taking care of everybody else and like, oh my gosh, what if I actually took care of myself? So yeah, yeah, it's, um, and I think it's about giving yourself permission to do that. Absolutely. Giving yourself permission. Like, yeah, I'm going to put myself, like you said, what's the worst that could happen? You're either in the marriage or you're going to like decide, wake up and go, okay, I got to get a divorce. Well, in the process, you ended up becoming a better person. Not a bad deal. (laughs) Not a bad deal at all. Yeah. You took the words out of my mouth. That's exactly what I said to her yesterday. I was like, there is no downside, but at least if you leave, you do it from a place of clarity, Mm -hmm. not like confusion and feeling like, well, I have no other option because that's not true. Yeah. Um, right. But if you do it all and then you just, sometimes people don't meet, you know, at the same place, you might be working on yourself. Maybe he needs a bit more time right. or she like it, you know, and that's cool. And everyone has their own timing, mm-hmm. but your kids are watching how you get divorced. Your kids right. are watching how you co-parent from two homes. And the research is crystal clear that Conflict is what harms children, not divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's right? true. Yeah. And my, my kids went through divorce and I feel like, you know, I, it, one of the things I think I might even talk to Alicia Robertson about this too, but yes. you know, it's like for your kids, some people will stay in it, stay in the marriage because of the children. But at the same time, like the divorce can teach them so much. It can also, it can teach them like, it's okay that relationships, they don't end. They just evolve. They transition into something else. And you're teaching your children, it's okay. Like, you're not going to, like, you're going to date someone at the age of 15 and you're going to stay with them until the end of life. Like, no, like, you might date, like, it's okay. And even in friendships or 
career, work relationships, right? Like things yeah. come and go. It's life. Exactly. So I think it, it, you can take divorce as an opportunity to not just, you know, teach yourself, but to teach your children and friends and family. Like Absolutely. I'm going to go through this like a boss, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love that so much. And I literally said s- similar words to her yesterday. Yeah. And what I found is that when you transform, you open the gateway for everyone around you to transform. Yes. Like humbly, I've had like multiple siblings come and do my programs because they felt something shift inside of me mm-hmm. at a exponential rate. And I thought, amazing, because the tools are the tools, right? Like, I didn't invent them. They, these are thousands of year old principles. They're just universal principles. Mm-hmm. But once you start adopting them, your kids, like I've had clients who are like, oh, my God, my kid, I, I came out of meditation and my kid was sitting next to me with her eyes closed and I didn't even ask her. Or my husband has started meditating with me or my the mood, the energy has shifted. I actually had one file with a colleague of mine, a dear colleague of mine who worked in my chambers because we were all independent. So we would have cases across each other. And she picked up the phone. She was rad. Is so-and-so in one of your programs right now? And we're lawyers. Everything's high confidential. Like even if a program, I wouldn't normally disclose that. And I was like, why do you ask? She's like, because my client, and this was a high conflict case, she said, my client just called me and said, something has changed in the house. And he doesn't even know if he wants to end the marriage anymore. Hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. And she's like, and I have a feeling. And he, and he said that she's meditating <laughs> and that things are peaceful and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I have a feeling that she's under your wing right now and might be taking one of your programs. And I was like, well, mm, can't really answer that question. But uh, like she knew because. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about meditation a little bit. Is, is that, is that the best way to refuel? Is that like the, I'm sure that's one of, one of the ways, but it's one of the ways. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's the best way. Um, and everybody, I think, cause I always see there's a hundred ways to climb the mountain. So, um, but it's obviously a practice that we're hearing more and more about, and there's more and more research and science that confirms the power of this practice. Um, I think that word sometimes almost gets overplayed in a way that some, the people who don't get it yet are like, I think there's two crowds, like the ones that are like feeling the pull and the other ones are like, oh, meditation. But really you're just getting still with yourself. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Consciously awake. It's different than sleeping. Right. right. And I had gotten to dabble in it when I was like probably 12 with my mom in the temple. One day we were raised Hindu mm-hmm. um, and I went so deep, so fast. Like I was, I was in the cosmos somewhere <laughs> and that was kind of like the planting of the seed for me. Mm-hmm. And then in my late teens, early twenties, it kind of resurfaced. I did some meditation classes at my university campus and some yoga, felt the pull and it's going to sound really crazy, but I had a miscarriage when I was 29 mm-hmm. and um, I believe there's always a reason for everything. So I was like, yeah. universe, what's the lesson? Like I was so we were so sad. It was six weeks. So it was early on, but I was like, what, what is it? What are you trying to tell me? And I heard meditate. meditate, And I was like, seriously, this is the way you want to get my attention. Like, <laughs> That's the answer. <laughs> That's the answer. 
But um, I just felt this pull, like, and over the years, I've studied deeply under Deepak Chopra and... Um, oh, me too. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. I actually got certified at the uh, Chopra Center. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. So I did Seduction of, of the Soul yeah. um, yeah. in San Diego with him in 2011. And so I've done a few retreats and and then and tried different styles. And the style that I practice and teach now is more tantra based, so chakra focused. Um, and I learned that through from um, attending Dr. Joe Dispenza retreats and me too. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and feeling complete like body buzzing activations, kundalini, the whole thing. I'm actually going back in November for my second one. I'm so excited. I just signed up this week. So, um, and, and they don't have a certification process, otherwise I would do it. But I just teach, I over time got asked like to teach the style that I practice. And I think that's what teachers do is we, sh- we, te- we share what has worked for us. So that's what I've been doing. Yes. Um, but yeah, every coaching program I teach, the, the first email you'll get is, download insight timer, right? And just start, just give it a shot. And I've had the most skeptical people to people are like, oh no, Rat, I do not meditate. I cannot, I need to move. And I'm like, okay, just try it. Yeah. And those are the people that, that woman actually that I'm thinking of is the one whose kids and husband are now meditating with her. So um, it's been so mind blowing. And what people are experiencing, I mean, I'm actually going to be teaching a meditation mastery program soon in September, because I think there's lots of guided meditations and things out there, but this is more about like the nuts and bolts of building a practice Mm -hmm. and the top 20 questions I always get and how I do it, what time of day, how do I get my kids out of the room? Like all the things. So yeah, I'm mildly obsessed. (laughs) Yeah, I I am too. And yeah, I've done Dr. Joe's and I've done a few of his. Um, Yeah. Once I think actually, um, it was a few months ago on my Instagram story, I put a thing on there about meditation. And some people think meditation is, okay, I'm just going to stop thinking. Like, no, it's actually, I think of it kind of like a ticker tape, like, and you're just watching your thoughts go by. And like, you were like going back to the windshield metaphor, that helps to like, okay, what is the shit on my windshield? And (laughs) Because yes. and that helps to clear that. And as you watch your thoughts, and I think one of the things I observed the most about myself and my thoughts was like, oh my gosh, I'm so mean to myself. I can't believe I'm saying that right now. You know, like I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm thinking that. And then as you meditate more and more, it makes you more conscious of what you're thinking throughout the day when you're not meditating, officially meditating, right? Absolutely. And yeah. thoughts create things. Yeah. And you can't change what you're not aware of. So yeah. exactly that. You become aware of what's happening inside. You go, yeah. oh, I'm exactly that. being Not being kind to myself. And then you can change it consciously. Yeah. By yeah. rewiring the brain and rewrite. And I feel like that helps us do the work on a conscious level. Like when we're awake and walking around and what we can put our finger on. Yeah. And I also find meditation powerful to... I always say it's like the there's the iceberg and most of the icebergs under the surface. Yeah. And so what I also find, and Deepak Chopra said in his book, uh, Seven Laws of uh, Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, yeah, which I read when I was fourteen, that you know it's almost like taking a dirty rag and putting it through the river 
Uh-huh. Kind of like our windshield, you know, but like, and every time it comes out a bit cleaner. Yeah. And and it's doing it at the conscious level where, where you're aware of it, but also shit that you didn't know you were holding on to. Right. Maybe even yeah. past this life, whatever you believe in, right? That is so deeply in your psyche. And it's like pulling, you know, when we do that subconscious work, what I think is so powerful there is it's like pulling weeds from the root. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because if you keep saying, well, oh, like, I wonder why I keep thinking that I'm just going to try to think different. That's good. And that's valuable and powerful. Yeah. But it's like sometimes cutting the weed from the top. It's like, but did I get the root out? Exactly. Yeah. Right? So. It's funny. I was thinking about Deepak this morning for some reason. It just popped yeah. my mind. Maybe it was like, I, I knew for some reason yeah. we'd be connected through that. But yeah. and it made me th- when I was at the Chopra Center in San Diego and th- it was a small group. I can't remember which retreat it was, but it was only like maybe 20 people or something like that in it. Yeah. And he wasn't supposed to teach. Like he just happened. He was out of town and then he popped in. And I know, and he, he, he's at the front of the room. He's so, you know how he is. He's so funny. He had his cute little glasses on, like sparkly glasses. And they had like these red Converse, you know, basketball shoes on or something. Hilarious. And I think I had gotten up to go to the restroom and I didn't even know he was there. And I came back, I was like, oh my God, Deepak's here. And so <laughs> I'm sitting like in the front row, of course. And I like sit like right in front of him. And I can like the only thing I remember that he said, and it was something so simple. And as you know, like sometimes the simplest teachings are the most profound, right? Yeah. And he said in his super cute accent, he's like, you have to feel your way through life. And I was like, feel your, I remember my mind thinking like, what does he feel your way through life? And like the whole day I kept repeating that in my head. I was like, you gotta feel your way through life. Matter of fact, that was like pretty much like right before my divorce. Mm. And I remember thinking, I got to feel like, so if it feels good, okay. Like don't, and I, I've stuck with that ever since. Mm. So I try not to overthink things. I try to like, it makes you tap more into your heart, into your soul Mm -hmm. and like, okay, this feels good. Then this is what I'm going for, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's kind of, uh, kind of interesting. I love that man. I know. And sometimes he's probably the only person that sometimes loses me. I'm like, or something he'll say, like, said, you know, I read 10 years ago. I'm like, oh, if I, he talked about that, you know, like know. consciousness and divine consciousness. I'm like, oh, that guy's tapped in. But yeah. feel your feel your way through that. Like, and I feel like there's even another part of that, which is allow yourself to feel the emotion that you're feeling, mm-hmm. right? Like, even yeah. if it's hard stuff. Right. Even if it is. You know, and 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 it's both. You're absolutely right, and that mm-hmm. is what it means to be present in the flow of life, right? right? Like I always say, the flow is like this. It's like waves, yeah. and you got to feel the high, and you got to feel the low. And what happens is that when we're high, we're like, "Oh, I don't want to be here. This is too good. This is too good," and we kind of sink to the bottom of the ocean. We're not actually present in it. We're not actually feeling the joy and the gratitude in that moment. Or if we're in the low, we don't want to feel it. We come mm-hmm. down, we go, I, I don't think I can handle this. Right. Um, if I go down that rabbit hole, I think I'm not going to come out, you know? Yeah. And the truth in my experience has been, you have to feel it mm-hmm. because, I mean, especially like in, in the case of the lows, 
that's where the lessons lie. Yeah. I was just going to say that's that it's there to teach you something. That's it. And you, if you skip yeah. the lesson, it's like Pac-Man. You can't go to the next level until you processed everything. And yeah. then it blocks in your system and mm-hmm. it sits there until it starts to get louder. And sometimes it's physical illness. Sometimes it's just feeling stuck, your life appearing to be stuck, yep. not feeling like you're in the flow, you know, kind of up shit's creek without a paddle. Mm-hmm. Part of this getting your power back is like, how do we turn the boat around? How do we refuel it? How do we get it back centered? Yeah. And with the flow of life, not against it, so that feel, things feel easy and smooth. And one of my favorite parts of the boat analogy is that I've realized over time when you do ride that flow and you feel your feelings, the highs, the lows, you just, you're, you love your life exactly the way it is. Right. You, your boat changes over mm-hmm. time, you yeah. know, and you become more powerful. And what used to rock you as a little, sailboat doesn't rock you when you're like an eight floor cruise ship with a disco ball, right? (laughs) It's like, it doesn't even touch you because you have wisdom. You have a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And in fact, you know, if you really play it well, I think you can invite people onto your boat. Right. You know, or you Mm -hmm. can lead the way for other smaller boats to follow you in your kind of trail. Which is exactly what you're doing for sure. Well, and you. I want to get on your boat. (laughs) (laughs) Just put me on our boats. (laughs) One thing I was thinking of, um, do you find that with your clients and students that as they're going through divorce, that other trauma and drama like surfaces? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I actually think. This is just my theory. And I know there are people who out there that agree with it, who have way more knowledge around psychology and, and therapists. But I think we, we attract the partner when we're not full and complete. Like if we have work to still do, which to varying degrees, we all do. Yeah. We attract the partner that's going to elicit that work from Mm -hmm. us and trigger us and tap that open wound that needs to heal that block that you've been sitting because you're like I couldn't deal with it when I was 15 couldn't deal with it when I was 20 and it's like guess what you live with it now right and sometimes like well I feel like I'm living with my mother or I feel like I'm living with my dad but (laughs) um, or I'm turning into my parent right but it's always going to emerge and I think family is like the biggest playground for this work yes and um you could see the patterns of like if somebody grew up with a a mother who was struggling and the child had to kind of be the parent and save, then mm-hmm. if they hadn't resolved that, they would end up attracting somebody who they could save. Right. Yep. To realize you can't save. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I could see the patterns like playing out clear as day. Yeah. So again, yeah, divorce is a great opportunity to really. Like, okay, let's do this. Like, if you're, I mean, the way I look at it, if you're going to go through divorce, you might as well take advantage of it, if you will. Use yeah. it as an opportunity to really, like, all right, let's, if it's going to, if all those things are going to surface, might as well just tackle it. And that way you can move on in life. Absolutely. And, and like we said, there's no downside, you know, even if you're just contemplating it right now, there's no downside to doing the work on your own because either you're going to stay 
better or you're going to exit better. Mm -hmm. And I find that with the children, uh, people who have children, they are particularly motivated. Like if you could connect the dots for them, and that's what I do, you know, with my clients is when you thrive, your child thrives. Mm -hmm. And as soon as that clicks for them, they're like, oh, I got to get my, my, my act together. Right. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, okay, whatever gets you here to the table. Like, I prefer that you did it for yourself, mm-hmm. but if that's going to get you here and motivated, how beautiful, because that's the most powerful level of love, I think is the parent and child. So yeah. my experience at least. So um, if that gets your butt there, great. And then everybody wins. Yes, exactly. So it's actually been- and, and you're, yeah, your children really truly want you to be happy and they want you to thrive and and you are showing them, you know, how to be a strong woman or a strong man. And, you know, and if in all at the same time, if you lose it and you're sad and you're depressed one day in front of your kids, you're also showing them you're a human being, being Absolutely. human. And it's okay to be sad. And so, you know, like it's yeah. just like let them go on the roller coaster with you and be yeah. honest with them. That's it. And show them how it, how it looks to get back on track. Yes. And to apologize and to make amends and to resolve Mm -hmm. conflict. Because again, every family has conflict. It's not the con it's, you know, it's not the divorce that harms it's the conflict, but also where there is conflict. If when we show kids how to fix it, right. That kind of nullifies the experience. It's the human experience to have conflict. Yes. And they're going to have it at school with the bully on the playground and the right. Or if they are the bully on the playground, right, because right. it's inner conflict. And so there is nothing more powerful. And here's the thing that a pattern that I, I feel should be mentioned, particularly with like your listeners and viewers mm-hmm. is, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I'm just going to hang in there until my kids graduate and then blah, blah, blah. Right. We've already discussed like well, they're watching you, they're learning from you. You're literally encoding them with the pattern to then move forward consciously Mm -hmm. or unconsciously. And as soon as parents become conscious of that, they're like, whoa, no, this is not okay. And and I can see that quickly happen. But beyond that, when we don't do this for ourselves, I think there's an assumption a lot of us make that, oh, we're gonna have all this time when the kids are gone. And that's probably true in many ways. Mm -hmm. But what I found is the, the women and men who, don't remember what it means to take care of themselves and fuel themselves and heal themselves is they end up becoming caregivers for their parents. Right. And then that drains them. Like there's always going to be somebody who needs you that you love. And you'll see that shift because your kids are in their teens and twenties. Well, guess what? Your parents are in their seventies and eighties, maybe sixties if they started young. And now you have a whole other generation, right? And exactly. So it's like, you got to nip this in the bud today because yeah. there, you know, and of course you want to take care of your kid. Of course you want to take care of your parents. Mm-hmm. You first, if you want to do it right. well and do it in any sustainable way, you have to learn how to feel yourself. Yes. And there's so many modalities. Obviously meditation is one huge one, um, but there's also your body. There's also your mind. What are you watching? What are you, who are you surrounding <laughs> yeah. yourself with, right? Like, <laughs> I snuck into a movie yesterday with a friend at a birthday party, a kid's birthday party. And I was like, oh yeah, this is like really low vibration for my consciousness, right? Like, so 
I should have ran out there, but Brad Pitt was in it, so I stayed. But <laughs> but yeah, like it, it's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then you can transform the you become this light for the people around you. Mm-hmm. And it's sounds cliche and you know, yeah, but, but like it's true. the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know it's it's uh again, I think it's divorce is such a great way to become a new you. And really your true self. Yes. I think as you, the the more you kind of come out of the relationship, you, and as you're, you know, if you're going through it consciously, mm-hmm. you'll discover so many great things about yourself. Yeah. I did. I did. <laughs> That's actually, I, I love that. I love that. I, and, and, and that is the stuff that we lose. Like that's literally week one of what I, when we go into this transformation process, it's like, who are you? What do you value? Who were you when you were five? What do your best friends love about you? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and also who do you want to be? Because at the end of the day, that's all you take with you. You take your character, you take how you saw people, how they felt when they were in your presence. Right. Like, yes, we want to manifest cars and things and travel and all the things. Yes. Yes. To all of it. But who do you want to be? Right. I find to be the most powerful, transformational. And you can even ask yourself that right now in the process of divorce or as you're considering it, who do I want to be through this? Yes. You know, conversations with God chapter, I think it's nine or 10 is on relationships. And it's, and it explained it so simply, but it was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. It's like, if you were meant to do this alone, mm-hmm be on a planet by yourself. Right. And we often look at relationships as like, well, what have you done for me lately? You know? Uh-huh. Yeah. The Janet song. I'm eating mess though. But <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> but it, if we think about like who do I get to be in this moment? Mm-hmm. Like who's the person I want to be in this conflict, in this friendship of mine with my best friend, with my mom, with my whoever. Mm-hmm. It will like just the question for me spark something inside of me. And I start to be able to access like a skill set and a toolbox of me that I haven't even fully become yet. Yes. And it's so powerful. And sometimes, you know, even and, and Deepak Chopra talks about this a lot with archetypes, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. who are your archetypes? So for me, a big one is Jesus. And mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting because. I went to a Catholic school, but I was raised Hindu, married a Sikh, studied Buddhism. So it's kind of like all over the map. <laughs> but, but like JC and me are like, you know, I it, that energy of like the essence of who I feel he was and is. Like I had a moment with my husband the other day and I was like, what would Jesus do right now? What would Jesus do right now? Right? <laughs> WWJD. <laughs> yes, exactly. But um, you can, like that is, there's so much magic there. Right. And it's like, who do I want to be and do it for yourself so that you can, at least at the end of the day, go to bed knowing you tried your best yeah, and then wake up, forgive yourself and, and, and do it all over again. Exactly. Yeah. So what are the, what are the courses that you have right now? Yeah. So right now I am in the process of launching in the fall, because everyone's kind of like, I don't know, post COVID, even though COVID's not done, <laughs> I'm calling it post COVID, yeah. um, you know, YOLOing and enjoying the summer. So 
I thought, okay, when everyone's kids are back and like we're back to kind of a routine, um, I'll be launching the highest version, which is my signature program, which I created um, for any walk of life. So if you're a parent or an entrepreneur or a lawyer or a doctor, because it's hard to have like mini groups for everyone with my schedule. So, um, and I actually do feel like there's going to be an option C program that's coming out of me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's information on our website that has links to all of it. And then meditation mastery, which I'm the most excited about. And it's going to be like my most affordable offer. It's kind of like the way I price things is through intuition. And so when I was like, wait, what's next universe? It was like meditation mastery. And I was like, okay, how much? And I saw the, <laughs> and I was like, whoa. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's do this because yeah. it's about getting it out to as many people as possible, mm-hmm. a lot of myths and misunderstanding around it. So I'll be yeah. teaching how to get your butt into the chair <laughs> in a practical way, what, and then what you're doing and why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, that's another one that will be coming out in the next few weeks. Yeah. Nice. I know for me, like um, with Dr. Joe, with Dispenza, yeah. That was really the why for me. That was when I really made the connection of what's happening within my brain and my body and in my Mm -hmm. life. I was like, oh, so this is why I'm sitting here. (laughs) Yes. He's very good at that. Yeah. But before that, I would just do it just to do it because I was, but, but I, but once I made that connection, so that, you know, that's so important. So I'm glad that you're helping to define that a little bit more. Yeah. And I find that over time, my why has shifted. Mm-hmm. Like my, what, what do I think I'm actually doing? Yeah. And now if you were to ask me, what do I think I'm doing when I connect, like I sit down for 20 minutes in the morning and sometimes it's an hour, sometimes it's 15 minutes. I literally feel like I'm taking an energetic bath. Yes. Like we bathe, we shower, we do our hair, makeup, all the things. I literally feel like I'm cleansing and upgrading from the inside mm-hmm. to a connection to source. Mm-hmm. So um it'll evolve, you know, your why evolves and what you tap into. Yeah. Um, but the science and understanding what you're actually doing with your body and your mind, like, is also a beautiful way to motivate you to do it. Because I think with meditation, there are so many benefits that people, it's for me impossible to put in a list of like a top 10 would be like, okay, that's hard. <laughs> like I want to say a hundred things of why I, yeah. I, I but it's like, okay, I eat because I need fuel. I do this because I, right, I go to the gas station and my car is going to stop. And yeah. It's like, well, why do we meditate? And everybody will have a different why. Mm-hmm. And then you got to experience it and you got to go, oh, like, I don't know, but I feel saucy. I feel like I get the best parking <laughs> spot that day. Like I, I'm just calmer. I'm just nicer. Right. And it's like, okay, so that that's your why. And like now like cemented in yeah. so that yeah. in the morning, when you think about missing it, you might say, uh, I'll skip brushing my teeth today. Sounds gross, but I'm not recommending <laughs> it. But you know, like you'll you'll make the decision because you now fully can touch and feel the cost benefit. Right. Yeah. You have more appreciation for it. Yeah. 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 So tell everyone where we can find you. Yeah. So um the best place is probably Instagram. Um it's consciousness with rad. Um and also my website is also consciousnesswithrad.com and you can see all the things that we offer there. Um, and also I do have a free like 
kind of guide to getting through divorce that's available, um, which we'll put the link in the show notes. So that's yeah. for your viewers. If anybody needs that, wants that, desires it. Um, it's nice to have like a starting roadmap. So that's what we created it for. And um, you can also access free meditations on my website at consciousnesswithrad.com. So oh, I need to go there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I need to go there. <laughs> You're so awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Hopefully we can meet in person someday. Yes, I would we'll love med- that. We'll meditate together. We'll meditate and then you're going to give me a hair tutorial. Oh, and- yes, 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 yes. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> all, <there. laughs> all right. Thank you. Thanks so much, Wendy. Bye. Bye, honey. And now for the nuggets of midlife wisdom from today's show. Number one, there's a culture of I'm worthy if I put everyone else first or abandon myself or I have to do things to be worthy. Let's put a stop to this kind of thinking. Number two, take responsibility of how you got where you are and consciously create a new chapter. Number three, for those of you that are not sure if you want a divorce, do the work on yourself now. Number four, if you do the work and you decide to leave the marriage, you'll do it from a place of clarity. Number five, Your kids are watching how you divorce and co-parent. Conflict is what causes harm to children, not divorce. Number six, thoughts become things and you can't change what you're not aware of. Become aware of your thoughts with meditation. Number seven, whether you are going through a divorce or not, ask yourself this question, who do you want to be? Number eight, Learn to take care of yourself. Make yourself a priority. Thank you so much, Rad. You are such a beautiful person and you are so inspiring. Make sure you check the show notes for links to her website, free meditations, her co-parenting divorce program, and her latest and greatest program, The Highest Version. As always, I appreciate you tuning into the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.